We are live now. How are you doing, man? I am doing great. I am doing great for a Tuesday. You know, the sun is, believe it or not, shining right now uh, after a pretty raw and cold start to the day. So, you know, spring is here, at least in name, and eventually it'll warm up. I'm, I've got a cool shoot tomorrow outside. Um, so I'm sort of excited about it. The weather's supposed to be nice finally, like 55 and sunny. So we'll take that. Yeah, I'm ready for summer. The beaches and stuff like that, I'm ready. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm ready to just jump right into summer. That's fine. You know, my heating bill would like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Well, how's everything going? I haven't seen you in three, three, four weeks. It's just we either missed or got busy or whatever. But we're back. Right. It's just a lot of work trying to um using this new app. um Using a lot, getting new equipment, trying to elevate the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you have. Thank this you. Is, this is great. I mean, so you know, this is again called StreamYard, right? Which is a type of Streaming. software. Yeah. Do you have to pay for it or how does it work? You do, but there's a a free a free one, but you mm-hmm. can't get like, all the stuff. But once you do it's twenty five dollars a month. But once you do that one, it comes with like like if you have a green screen. You can put like I could put like Hartford behind me or whatever. Oh wow! Yeah, they got a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you're really just starting to explore this whole thing, right? This is my second episode. All right. Well, good. I, I'm glad I'm one of the premieres. That's awesome. Well, I'll get right to business if you want me to, because I know you're a busy man. You're probably out to another job pretty soon. Or are you off for a, finally for a day? I'm um, actually I'm off. This I just did my only interview before this one. Mm-hmm. Then I'll probably just mess around with this and figure out some more new stuff. All right. Well, I won't rush through it then since I know you're not jumping off to something else, but I won't take too long too. Cause I got to get back in that newsroom. Okay. M- May ratings are less than a month away. I got stories I got to do. Yeah. I might've got a good one today. I can't really talk about it except, you know, I always talk about getting, you know, cause I'm an investigative reporter. So we do a lot of freedom of information requests to get documents that help get to the truth. And sure enough, we got a heck of a document today. So the, you know, our little investigative corner in the newsroom, everybody's excited because I think it could end up being a, a story that'll open some people's eyes. That's for sure. But we'll get to that once we air it. Um, today, we've got a lot of news. Of course, the biggest news is that horrible tragedy in Nashville. Um, I'm sure you heard something about the shooting at the school. Yep, I, um, I got the update this morning, I think. Yeah, Yeah. so there is there is new information coming out, as I understand it, just in the last few hours. So at this point, we know that the shooter bought the seven firearms legally. What is now coming to light is that uh, they bought seven firearms in recent years and hid them from their parents before the attack at this Christian school. Um, the suspect was it killed, uh, 28 years old. Um, the name was Audrey Hale, uh, identified as transgender, purchased the guns from five different stores in Nashville. Three of the guns were used in the massacre Monday. Um, Investigators spoke to the parents, I guess, in the last 24 hours. And uh, what they've shared with investigators is that they previously voiced concerns about 
um, Hale owning firearms due to she had some kind of undisclosed mental uh, condition, according to the parents who told police investigators. Uh, and the parents told police they knew that Hale had bought one weapon uh, and sold it, but they weren't aware that the shooter had been hiding several more at home. Um, what's also interesting here, according to the police chief, John Drake, out in Nashville, he said that Tennessee does not have what's called a red flag law. Uh, so police don't have the power to take the weapons away. What a red flag law essentially is, you know, somebody comes forth, whether it's law enforcement or a family member or someone else from the government and says, hey, I don't think this person should be carrying a weapon. And then, of course, tons of evaluation is done. Um, there's also probably a hearing where uh, the person who owns the weapons gets to say their piece. And in some cases, uh, the weapons are taken away. And of course, the inference here is that maybe that would have helped this situation. Hard to say. Um, but it is a noteworthy fact uh, connected to the story. In other news, closer to home, I don't know if you've heard about this, but on March 23rd, police were called in Bristol to check on 36-year-old Dennis John Hernandez, known as DJ Hernandez of Bristol. You've probably heard that name. You've heard the name Aaron Hernandez, certainly. DJ uh, is his brother of the late Aaron Hernandez. And uh, police were contacted about him by some other unknown person who uh, was concerned because he made statements about wanting to destroy property at the state capitol and at ESPN. Um, and, you know, Hernandez was this Division One athlete. He had ties to ESPN throughout his career. Uh, and again, brother of former New England Patriot Aaron Hernandez. And as you remember, Aaron Hernandez was arrested in 2013 and convicted in 2015 of killing semi-pro football player Odin Lloyd. Uh, he later, uh, as we understand, committed suicide in prison. Uh, DJ Hernandez, his brother, was apparently very upset and he arrived at ESPN. He actually did end up going there in an Uber. Uh which drove up to the gate and he threw something onto the campus and left. As police investigated, they found a large brick and a handwritten note, uh, which I'm not going to give you the whole litany of what he said, but essentially he felt that, you know, your words have consequences and ESPN should know better, I guess, in some way referring to the Aaron Hernandez case. I don't know. Um, you know, uh, they did end up talking with him. Uh, they ended up, sh ESPN security ended up shutting down the entrance and exit to the campus for about a half hour because they just didn't know what was going to happen next. Um, the report here we have doesn't say if he was arrested. I'm assuming he was not. Um, and he admitted he was at ESPN and he apparently did not wish to talk about the incident with police. Uh, technically, I guess if you throw a brick, maybe that's not, you know, if he didn't damage anything, I guess they can't arrest him. Uh, so that's where that one's at, at least for now. Let's see what happens. At least um, nobody got hurt. What's that? At least nobody got hurt. Right, right. I mean, he was clearly angry and he threw a brick. But yeah. um, 
apparently not angry enough to hurt anybody. And certainly we're thankful for that. We're thankful for the police for getting there in time to uh, take care of whatever was going on there. So we got an NBC. Oh, go ahead. You were going to say. Oh, no. Go ahead. OK, so we got an NBC Connecticut investigate story to share with you. Uh, really interesting report that we unearthed. Um, it's something that the state shares every month and it's called the monthly loss report. And every agency in the state has to report to state auditors uh, what they lost in the prior month. And so we saw one that really jumped off the page. It was in January, uh, the January report for, I guess, December. And a lot of times they'll do final inventories in December. So you get some pretty juicy things in there. And the one that jumped off the page was we saw that the DCF, the Department of Children and Families, which we're all familiar with, that's a big state agency. It said it lost or had missing $90,000 worth of computers, laptops, and tablets. And they'd only lost them in the last year or two, um, maybe three. And it was almost 100 um, pieces of equipment we're talking about here. And how do you lose that many so quickly? Well, the story is that up until the pandemic, they only had about 300 in the whole agency. And then of course you had the work from home thing, but somehow about 100 of them were misplaced at a value of about $90,000. These included Dells and you know Apple um, iPads, all kinds of things like that. Um, and the DCF said it appeared to be connected to poor inventory tracking. It was discovered during an annual inventory. And this is what the DCF said. It said, it has 7,359 inventoried assets across the agency. Um, the results of the annual inventory concluded that less than 1% or roughly 120 assets were not accounted for after a four month period to locate them. The DCF said that significant employee turnover in 2022 was to blame combined with personnel shortages and other factors that, as it said, resulted in a small amount of equipment not being recovered when staff left the agency. But 100 laptops and tablets in a short period of time? I don't know. I think that might be debatable. Um, the spokesman said keeping up with inventory has been difficult for several reasons, including staffing pressures coupled with a manual and error-prone tracking process. So let's hope uh, the DCF can get on top of that. That was a story NBC Connecticut Investigates filed last week, I believe. And then let's end with some happy news. UConn, okay. how about that? Well, we'll start with the sad news. We're sad that the women lost. That was a bummer. Did you watch that? I didn't catch the women game, but I, yeah. I see something about it. They lost. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, first uh, Sweet 16 loss in over a decade. First time not in the Final Four in over a decade. Um they just, I watched the game, they just got stopped in their track. So Ohio State had this really good pressing defense and UConn's women, even though, you know, they had overcome so much adversity this year, you know, their best player or their most prolific scorer, best players, not fair. Uh, most prolific scorer, Paige Beckers, has been out all season with more knee trouble. I can relate being in the wounded knee club. Um but she's been out all season and they overcame all that and got this far, but I, it just was the end of the road. 
So that's the sad news, but you know, they'll be back next year. They're a great program and they'll do a great job and we'll see them going deep into the tournament. I'm sure next year, this year, the big surprise is in coach Hurley's fifth year, he's gotten the men to the final four. And this is just so exciting. I mean, we've got this game Saturday night at 849 and there will be watch parties all over our state. Bears Barbecue, for example, is going to have them at their restaurants, except for the South Windsor location. And then, of course, at Gamble Pavilion, they're going to have a massive watch party there. And there are many, many others as well. The doors will open at Gamble at 815 and it's a public uh, is welcome kind of party. So that's our news. Some good news. Let's end with some good news, right? Go UConn. Let's hope they can uh, pull it off here. They look good. Did you watch any of the men? I did. I was at uh, Chili's, actually, and I caught a little bit of it. Yeah, what would you think? They were doing their thing, as always. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, they had a really rough stretch this season. Um, they, They had lost like seven out of eight or something. Don't hold me to it. I'm not a sports guy. I'm an investigative reporter. But they had lost like seven of eight to in-conference opponents, which is a killer. Right. And then I don't think they won the, they didn't win the tournament. I think they got bounced in the semis and Marquette beat them. And for that reason, in my bracket, I put Marquette as going all the way. Cause I was like, if they can beat UConn, they must be good. Cause you could see UConn was getting better. You just didn't yeah. know how better and how quickly they were going to get so much better. I mean, don't you think they look really dominant? Yeah, they look really good out there. Mm-hmm. I think they're it's gonna all fall it. apart. <laughs> oh, go ahead. What's that? I think they're going to take it this year. They look good. I mean, San Diego State is tough. Uh, Miami's tough. The other is the other team. Iowa, maybe? No. Who's the other? San Diego State, UConn, Miami. I can't remember the fourth, but you know, I'm not a. I just love the games, but I can't tell you I followed that well. My bracket's busted. I don't know about you. Yeah, I got I to gotta do some catching up. <laughs> the only way I'm winning is if UConn loses. And maybe I win. Maybe I don't. I don't know. So uh, I'm definitely at least in third in our family pool. We got like a pride pool. It's not for money. You know, we have you know, the nieces and nephews are doing it. The aunts and uncles. Grandma and grandpa did it for a few years. But, yeah, I'm toast. <laughs> Are you toast, too? Yeah, I'm toast. Yeah, well, we'll just enjoy the game. Right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, I'm going to cruise for news, get another 45 minutes of hard work in here, maybe a little more. And we'll see you next week, I hope, on this lovely new software. This is great, Ron. Absolutely. Every Tuesday. All right. Yeah. Let's, Tuesday is news day. I love that. That's your phrase. Right. Thank All you, right. man. No problem. Anytime. Oh, I hit this button that says leave. They even have that. How fancy. Right. All right. I'm going to cruise. You be well, Rome. Okay. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.